This is The Waycast is a podcast where we break down every Star Wars episode as it's released on Disney+. Plus. This is a spoiler alert, and you have been warned. Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of This is The Waycast, the Bad Batch edition. I'm Sarah Edwards, a regular Star Wars writer at Boardwalk Times. I'm Giovanni Delgadillo, a podcast host and columnist at the Boardwalk Times. And I'm Joaquin Fernandez, a podcast host and columnist at the Boardwalk Times. Today we're going to recap the fourth episode of the Bad Batch Season 3 titled A Different Approach, where we continue to see Omega and Crosshair attempt their escape away from Hemlock and the Empire. This episode was gold. This is everything I wanted in a Bad Batch episode. We had angst we had quirkiness we had a reunion and we had fun banter between crosshair and omega with amazing music like this is what i wanted so much packed into one episode like this was very much could have just ended uh any other way and they could have set up the ending for something else but the tension they have by oh. ending the episode like this it's like such a fun little adventure but not really because there's so much more going on like this crash at the beginning it's like of course that's exactly where it picks up after the last episode that ship is on fire like there's no way they're gonna make it anywhere further so then they crash land and you know stuff goes down there's some fun creatures in here and i'll actually mention a few of them later in the episode but uh there's a lot of cool little easter eggs in that uh caged area and so much Mm -hmm. more going on overall there's a ton packed in this episode for such a like quick like pace like you would be surprised it was so fast yeah it was really fast but there's so much cool stuff stuff in it which is awesome yeah it was like it was like an episode where you got to see like the aftermath of last week so it was kind of more like i don't know a lot of people like throw filler but we needed this episode to kind of see where they get to before they meet the group so yeah definitely i think it was a really good episode to build on omega omegas and crosshairs relationship um because we got some of that you know in the last couple episodes this season but this episode we really saw them on their own kind of as a team kind of like that father like daughter like like in the in the bar so to yeah. see them like kind of develop their relationship to more than just like crosshair being like oh i don't like you omega like he's actually warming up to her and batcher oh, which i thought was so cute i really love that we like crosshair is letting his guard down he's very much like okay maybe she doesn't know what she's talking about and also she stuck around this entire time which i think is so cute that that's an element i was talking with my partner about how the bad batch just has a level of angst that mandalorian just did not deliver because we saw a reunion with Mando between Mando and Grogu but like I didn't really feel anything off of it I was like yay yeah. they're together now it's kind but... of random the way they, yeah. they showed their reunion in that exactly whereas with this not to jump all the way ahead but the reunion was angsty we had music we had tears like this was the kind of reunion this is the level that Mando and Grogu should have had but it's Mando and Bad Batch is better so ooh, ooh. Yeah, <laughs> I, I agree too I agree with that uh, with their the way they tackled that reunion between Omega and um you know at the end but oh so much angst and what a way to end the episode i don't think we've had an episode ending like that where it just drops off where the next episode wasn't immediately available yeah no immediately yeah exactly like some someone pointed out that this is the uh, well there's a lot going on here i don't want to jump ahead too far but there are so many little things in the ending that set up uh future things and kind of connect back to older seasons Mm -hmm. so I don't want to get into the specifics, but I thought it was really cool. So there's definitely a lot more going on. And one of the first questions on everyone's mind is, what 
what how how is uh crosser gonna react to if they mention anything about tech because yeah. he's gonna have to ask oh, yeah, yeah it's gonna have to come up yeah like, where's like, tech where's, where's tech like oh. like omega hasn't oh. said anything about it has she like to him no so he has no idea so it's gonna be really weird and then well, obviously you know no echo either which I'm, he already knew that i'm pretty sure but i don't know gone. i cross omega knows that tech is dead and she spent a lot of time talking with crosshair i i can't imagine that she wouldn't have brought it up like knowing her i don't think that's something she would hide especially given that she had just gotten to this planet she's angsty she's pulled away from everyone and she just lost tech like i i don't know i think they'll they might talk about it in the next episode but i'm not sh- i don't know if they're gonna it's gonna be like the big reveal that we're thinking right of. right yeah i wonder if they blame um crosshair because they went to rescue him originally because he sent those like uh like that secret message in the finale or last two episodes so i don't know if there's maybe a resentment i'm like oh crosshair you're with the empire i saw some of that online where people are like what if they're like they're blaming crosshair kind of for leading them down that path and then tech dying on on the course of that journey so it's gonna be a lot of emotions when when they reunite and what, what they're gonna think about crosshair you know turning now he's back on their side yeah well because i remember that was the biggest reveal at this at, in the last episode of season one was it was like oh is crosshair gonna go they're finally together and then he's like no and our predictions pretty much came true that he was gonna try and like weasel his way inside and come out eventually i think there's definitely gonna be tension but i feel like we're gonna have some kind of reunion of like if you're actually back to normal welcome back it reminds me of uh not to get on like avatar tangent but like it reminds me of that relationship where like zuko is like yeah he comes back to the group and he's like hey i'm a, I'm a good guy now and they're just like <laughs> none of them trust him and he has to kind of build that up again because he you know betrayed them in the past season so it's similar to this you know where it's like he's kind of betrayed them and lost that trust and he has to you know work his way back with with uh with the group yeah i mean now that you mention it that show was also three seasons long and had predominant episodes in the second season that featured zuko which would be the crosshair equivalent alone i mean there's literally one called zuko alone and the solitary clone i mean come on there's there's more more going on there i think dave filoni worked on some of avatar yeah on the first season yeah crossover there you know so nice parallels definitely i i i wouldn't be surprised if he kind of took the formula of the last airbender and tried to weave it in with bad batch i I could totally see that happening now on a more musical note ha 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 (laughs) um you mentioned the music earlier sarah and people have been praising it like crazy but specifically because of the ending because you get three different themes in one pretty much uh but mainly there's a transition from omega's theme to crosshair's theme when he starts walking out and it's like a different rendition of crosshair's theme uh, but there's so much good music in this episode uh the part where they escape the planet and you hear the bad batch theme but it's like very heroic i really like that rendition very of the slow motif slow and angsty yeah it's it's very very cool that they continue to you know push the boundaries of uh animated programming like music and animated programming because they do specific uh music for every single episode that's not normal for these kind of shows um there are rare exceptions and this is one of them a lot of animated uh, series will reuse music over and over so they they can you know avoid having to 
record new stuff or even you know program it whatever but yeah i thought this is really really good and the ending is like peak peak star wars music moment right there so i don't know that makes me really excited to hear how they evolve like is crosshair even gonna have a theme anymore is he just gonna be associated with the rest of the batch like those kind of questions come up that'd be interesting if they like mold crosshair's theme with the batch's theme but you can still kind of hear that they don't quite mesh together i think that could be a pretty cool thing that we might hear um one thing i've just noticed with this music is it's very much like an ethereal ambiance kind of music it's not as like it's still very prominent but it's not as mo it doesn't have as much motion as it has in the past i felt like in season one it's very like loud there's a lot happening a lot of instrumentation and the music now is very like minimal kind of like background but it's still it it really fits the the mood of these episodes yeah it fits that like atmosphere especially like this all these four episodes have just been like you know it's kind of like they're trying to escape and they're trying to keep a low profile and the group's split up so it's almost like it's kind of reflecting like the character's um place in the story right now i think the music and score like i love the how it's all like one piano note and it's like one and then another but in different tones i i really like how they've taken that it's like i was saying last week i think that's a lot of that comes from sean sean kiner he has that like specific vibe that he gets like almost blade runner-esque that fits this season especially and if we think about it going back to uh, what we were talking about with the crosshair episodes last season those episodes predominantly feature that kind of music Mm -hmm. um and since this season feels like and i think some of it partially does have to do with the fact that crosshair is actually in all these episodes so far well all of them except the second one is that because he's coming back the music is also becoming more like his style um but not necessarily just because of them it's just the tone of the show is a lot darker so having him around just kind of in general brings the the mood down like darker so i think it's Mm -hmm. really cool that we're getting that blend you know popping up here it's really good stuff definitely i will say i'm really surprised that we got a reunion between hunter wrecker and omega and crosshair this early on i mean we have a lot of ground to cover in this season we have so much that's revealed in the trailer that we have to get to but i definitely was not expecting a reunion this fast yeah i thought there'd be another episode of like uh their their perspective uh hunters like yeah trying to get back like them like mm-hmm. oh we're not gonna make it and they run into something some shenanigans or some like monster imperial like pursuit <laughs> or something and no nah, they, they they made it they they met with the i'm kind of so, glad yeah. that they did though yeah i like, yeah it's a lot because uh think about it um this means that the story now has to completely change and mm-hmm. like for me i'm just thinking what if this means that omega wants them to go help all the other clones that are on tantus because that's she, what i'm thinking yeah she was like oh crosshair we need these coordinates we need to know where we came from so that we can find the planet again and then he's like oh no let's abandon this ship and everything i feel like that is that they're gonna be that's the eventual goal and it feels yeah. like now that they've all met up we don't know what's gonna happen because in all the marketing they hid the fact that omega is a part of the team again like mm-hmm. some people caught crosshair in like some shots they were like i think that's crosshair i think he's yeah back. they gave um, that away yeah but like no omega at all and on the poster she has you know a new weapon and stuff which we haven't even seen so it's like they really hid the fact that there's more in this season i feel like the trailers didn't show very much um of what's gonna happen next like i haven't really seen anything new coming up um i have been avoiding all the tv spots and stuff and i've seen people on twitter kind of mention things here and there so i'm there's kinda... been some big spoilers and some of the tv spots yeah 
yeah, try to avoid yeah, those. Uh, yeah, that's what I thought. So I'm just like, at least the initial trailers were very vague on stuff, big mm-hmm. on action, vague on story. So I'm just kind of like, um, no more marketing for me. Like, yeah, I yeah, want no. to be as surprised as possible. But I, I definitely agree that the the goal now is not get Omega. It's now there are all these clones being experimented on who are being trapped on this planet. How do we rescue them all? And how do we get clones a life that they actually deserve? Like that, I, I kind of got that that was the sense coming to the end of season two, that that was kind of the eventual goal. And so now I think that's definitely how they're going to end the show. And we're going to finally see what happened to the clones and why we don't see them in the original trilogy. It would be like a clone rebellion, like uh, I think in Legends. So it would be yeah. more Mount Tantus now. And it's going to be like a lot of them are either going to die or just split off across the galaxy to the point where, you know, they're not going to really be much help. As we see in Rebels, it's just kind of, you know, there's a couple of clones left. So it's going to be uh, it's going to be interesting to see like, you know, with Rex and I think a wolf and how that kind of blends into Rebels and the rest of the clones. Because, yeah, we, yeah. we really haven't seen the story of where to clone end before the original trilogy. Or we go back to Coruscant and continue the Senator Chuchi timeline because she was true. basically trying to get freedom for the clones. So I could see that being continued as well. The political aspects. That's kind of like from Clone Wars, you know, those uh, the Senate and everything. So mm-hmm. that, that would be cool to see. It'll be so nostalgic. But yeah, this episode, I don't even know what else to say of this episode. It was just so, it was a great transitional episode. I, I liked that it still had this fun bantering between Omega and Crosshair. I liked how they had these bonding moments that were very cheesy, but they still moved the plot. Like this was a very fast paced episode. So much happened, but it was very fast paced. Like a lot was squeezed in in this short timeline. I mean, like some cool world building too with this planet. And then obviously, you know, they try to get out on a bribe and everything and o- mm-hmm. Omega's like all, oh, you know, we should use all these Merc tactics that I've learned, you know, being in the batch. Meanwhile, Crosshair is just thinking guns, which is funny. <laughs> you would think he's the assassin type, like the sniper. And he's like, nah, I just want to shoot stuff and ask questions later. Like, I know well, how think about when the I last am. time he shot a gun was. I mean, it's been months. Yeah, it's, it's been, been a while. True, true. Homeboy's got to take that angstiness yeah. out somehow. Got the itchy trigger, itchy trigger finger. So, yeah, it's, I mean, that's funny. And that's, that's one of the big things in this episode. The Imperial officer refers to Crosshair as her dad. And that's apparently the first time in the whole series that one of the Batchers has been called Omega's dad by someone who doesn't know. So that was pretty funny. Like that, that was the first time and it's Crosshair. So people are obsessed with that dynamic. And I think that's awesome. I, I really like that he finally gets to let loose later in the episode. You know, it's funny that he acts all tough and everything, yet he follows Omega's orders like to a mm-hmm. T. Like the whole time. Like where she's like, oh, you know, we can't, you know, start shooting stuff. And so he doesn't. And then later when she's like, you can leave without me. And he doesn't. <laughs> and then, he's and tied he, in. He's locked in. Yep. He's locked in. And then as soon as she says, you know, let let the lasers fly, he does it. So it's like, yeah, this dude is a little softer than he lets on. <laughs> I'm curious to see how Crosshair and Omega's interactions continue as the show goes on. Because it'll kind of be like, not really like old times, but it's like, well, I don't really need to be around you anymore kind of thing like you reunited me with the rest of the batch we're gonna go do adult things now i think he's gonna be kind of surprised of like wow how much is omega actually involved in here but i'm also curious just to see like how crosshair gets along just being part of the batch again he's been so used to following orders so used to being a pet essentially that now it's like you're done with that you don't have to do that anymore yes they get used to being part of a actual team again because he's kind of just been off on his own since like you know end of season one so it's like it's gonna be like kind of hard for him to get 
get back to like taking or like you know being with hunter wrecker and the rest of the team just like because he's he's kind of a lone wolf since season one since he split off from them so yeah like their whole dynamics and a change again i also hope we get some like descriptions of him saying what happens inside the facilities on tantus like i want him to go through and be like this is what they were doing these are the experience they performed on the they're performing on current clones it's what they did to me like i think we're gonna get a lot of angst of like well how do we know that that's what they're doing and how do we know that they're not just use turning our brothers against us and crosshair will be like because that's what they were doing to me like i could see that whole dramatic that whole dramatic scene play out right now but great episode yeah no i was gonna say i mean the next uh big thing oh i guess we can talk about uh well this is like what i was referring to the beginning episode all the little animals and creatures and everything that was so much fun like there was so much fun little star wars sound design callbacks we heard porgs you know we see the little chickens from like phantom menace that were inserted into new hope Mm -hmm. wait really yeah 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 Yeah, they were in the little cages you know the one that um uh java he like flicks one off when they're about to start the race Mm -hmm. in phantom menace is a cool Mm -hmm. reference yeah i know it's like super weird and then but this is the best one and this is why i wanted to talk about it those like kind of walker flamingo things they are all the way back from the episodes uh with the droids on the sand planet where they find gregor uh which one wow. uh, gaston and the rest of them they get on uh the, the backs the of them squad? yeah the, the d squad yeah D-squad arc. oh my god that is a deep i knew like that is a yeah that's a real deep reference oh they're god. they're called abafar void striders for anyone who wants to look with, look up and see what they are but yeah it was really funny to see a bunch of those just running around and obviously you know batcher gets to join in which was really fun but yeah that's yeah. the kind of fun stuff like every i feel like every episode has some sort of like sound design moment or like random like reference to something else from star wars animation because uh dave w collins who i've mentioned a few times he that dude is like the sound guy at lucasfilm in terms of like having so much knowledge on everything sound and music like he's cataloged the several motifs from the star wars movies before he's worked on so 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 many lucasfilm animation and lucas arts projects and he has like a whole library in his head like if you asked him about whatever so hearing this kind of stuff i'm like i feel like someone could go on twitter and talk about this and he'd butt in somewhere Mm -hmm. but yeah i thought it was really cool you get all these you know fun little tidbits in such a fast-paced episode and the other thing was sabak i mean it's been a while since we've seen some more sabak and i was sabak i was wondering if that was actually sabak or another game from yeah i know right same i was like a little bit confused i had to like verify but those cards are definitely sabak cards so it felt like you know it's cool to see that game show up time and time again um especially in the modern era of star wars it wasn't as common in old canon in terms of showing up in mainstream media it was more mm-hmm. of like a unspoken cool thing in the lore definitely yeah i'm so excited for next wednesday already like yeah same i need i need same. the next episode i need the resolution of this cliffhanger but until then a lot has still been happening in the star wars universe specifically the gaming world yes yeah we were wanting to talk about this so crazy stuff has happened last week and i can't remember this happened before or during our episode um, or after but they announced this battlefront collection for the classic battlefront games and the internet was set ablaze like i am honestly surprised that this is going to be as successful as it's going to be but it feels like this year in gaming there's been these like specific multiplayer games that have come out like once or twice a month that have caught people's attention and it's crazy to me that there is such a craving for battlefront like good star wars uh multiplayer games that people are willing to rebuy these really really old games so they're 
getting a full 4K remaster. So they still look the same, but the textures are completely upscaled. 64 player matches, all the downloadable content, and it's coming to PC, Xbox, PlayStation, Switch, and owners of the original games on Xbox and PC get a 20% discount on the pre-order. So it's like, hell I, yeah. yeah. I did so not know I, that too. Oh yeah, my God. I own them on Steam. So I got the 20% discount and I'm like itching to pre-order, but at the same time, I'm like, I can wait a little bit. I can wait. Yeah. But the I can also, I, I can't wait, but I, I can wait. But yeah, oh, right. It's hell like, yeah. But yeah, that's coming out this month. And the other big thing, and this dropped literally today as we're recording, or, or like a few hours ago now, the original Jedi Knight Dark Forces game, which is like Doom or Wolfenstein, got a full remaster and it just dropped today out of nowhere. No announcement, no build up to it, it just dropped. So it's out there for everyone to play. Apparently, it's really good. They have bonus content and cut content and developer commentary, all this cool stuff like about the development of the original game. And I'm like, what? what is going on? So I am actually writing an article about this. Um, you will see on Boardwalk at some point about how I think it's cool that Lucasfilm Games is going back and taking the classics that made LucasArts what it was, remastering them while also, you know, pushing forward into the future. However, that's where we get the bad news today. There was also yeah. bad news. It's like we had the good news. And then by the end of the day, there was bad news. Unfortunately, yet another Star Wars game has been canceled. This feels like a never ending story. So there was supposed to be a first person shooter Mandalorian game, like a Mandalorian bounty hunter game. It never specified that it was Din Djarin or Boba Fett or anything like that. So it was just a vague, this game is going to be about this. And it was going to be developed by Respawn, who are famously the developers of Titanfall, Apex Legends, and the Star Wars Jedi games. You know, Jedi Survivor, Jedi Fallen Order. And they also did confirm they are hard at work on a sequel to Jedi Survivor, which we all knew, but it does suck that now there's going to be no, you know, separate game that they're working on and it has to do with layoffs, which has been a huge problem this year. This is probably the worst year in the gaming industry in terms of layoffs. There have been thousands by now, thousands of layoffs. And so EA did a massive layoff. I think it was like 670 employees. Mm -hmm. And that's yeah. why they completely scrapped that project. I'm like, wow, that is tremendous and extremely sad. So yeah, it's a I, rough uh, time in just overall all the industries. I feel like oh, there's yeah. a new layoff every week. This is delving too much into my professional life of journalism, but it's just like there's a new mm. layoff every week. It is such a dark time in media right now. Oh, yeah. And I also wonder if the canceling of the um, the first person shooter game, aside from the layoffs, was also just like a confirmation that it would have been meant like Din Djarin themed and that it was just going to be too much work to get Pedro to be in another project. I mean, they wouldn't have have to like yeah. they wouldn't have to motion capture him but he's got to record that's a lot of lines to record when you yeah. think about it i i'm sure it was just like okay look like i'll still do star wars stuff but i have other projects i have to do too i am a legit zaddy now i don't have time for this that is very true but um apparently i think it's uh, tom henderson uh, he's a video game journalist um i i've been following him on and off for a while he's been very very reliable he said he's gonna have an article coming up sometime soon that'll explain everything so we'll know soon enough if you just you know look out there on the net whenever he drops this article it should be pretty big so otherwise for now it's all just speculation on what the game would have actually entailed but they barely announced it too or we barely yeah, well, got they, the they announced it and then canceled it it was like a yeah like a, oh Which yeah it seems to be just like a very disney thing to do where you announce something and then you cancel it a little while later i feel like that's just been happening a lot there, there's yeah. a lot of things that i just always take with a grain of salt for disney it's release dates so when they're gonna when a show mm -hmm. is gonna release and just overall project announcements
It's like, is this actually going to happen? Yeah. Like and even like yeah. I think back to 2020 to um, Investor Day when you know they're showing all these projects come, and I mean some of these projects have been announced for years at this point, and we're Rogue Squad still haven't even yeah. seen like concept art or even a trailer. It's interesting. They're trolling with the acolyte, which we will get to later on Waycast in a few months, apparently, but no mm. official release date or anything. Mostly because they're focusing on making sure Bad Batch gets to their full attention. Um, but it's like Joaquin was saying, this is probably the worst example of what they're doing because the game was not officially announced. Like yeah. they literally announced it today because they were canceling it. It was like mm-hmm. a, yeah, we're working on this project, but also we're going to kill it. It was like, what? Because there was no official confirmation. There were rumors for a few years. And then last, I think it was either last week or the week before is when we got like legitimate industry insiders saying like, hey, this is the game that Respawn is working on. This will be an yeah. FPS game. And I, I mean, I was so excited. I had so many of my friends texting me about it like, oh, do you hear about this new Star Wars game? And then what was the point? Would have, would have been like Titanfall, but in the Star Wars universe. Yeah, like, right? Awesome. Like, whatever. It's a, At least we're still getting that Indiana Jones game. I feel like if that was canceled too, yeah. I would have lost it. But yeah, at least we still have some Lucasfilm first-person shooter coming out. But yeah, I mean, that's the big gaming news. There's going to be definitely a lot more. It feels like Lucasfilm Games is trucking along. Um, I just, I really hope with the new stuff they don't keep fumbling it like this mm-hmm, um I, I think I, I like this trend of you know making sure the classics are preserved i think that's a really good thing i just stop stop canceling stuff constantly yeah too, like though. at some point we gotta we gotta move on with new material which i feel like game lucas games has always been really good at is bringing yeah. in new storylines that have just like jedi fallen order i felt like yes it kind of tied in with the main skywalker storyline but at the same time it didn't oh like, yeah that's no, what that made it awesome. so good yeah it was same awesome. with battlefront 2 like the newer one it was new characters for a good story like it still introduced new vibes so i feel like that's where the gaming side of lucasfilm really excels is it can bring in these new stories same with publishing oh yeah for sure it's like why don't they just you know um yeah just stop canceling stuff like you know pay pay your programmers yeah that's the other one so i'm talking about how they're bringing back all these classics but that's the one that's up in the air because they don't know what to do with that game like and i understand it i I understand it like from a logical standpoint it's it's a really dated kind of game like like the story still holds up and that's what people love about it but the gameplay is going to turn so many modern fans like especially casual fans completely off and that's what they've been trying to focus on improving and it's been such an issue because and the other question is canon the original game breaks a lot of the rules of modern canon even when it came out like it broke a lot of rules that clone wars began to retcon so it's like but you know here we are so that's our little side uh conversation besides the bad batch because there is a lot of star wars news coming out constantly yeah. these days which i'm kind of surprised because it felt like there was a little drought there for a while after ahsoka so this is definitely this is really yeah nice. well we'll see what other news unfolds in the next week which i feel like there's going to be right? so much which we will do our best to cover on boardwalktimes.net and on social media but with that thanks for listening to another episode of this is the Waycast. For more Star Wars content, head over to BoardwalkTimes.net and follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Boardwalk Times. And don't forget to check out our merch on BoardwalkTimes.store and use our code WAYCAST10 for a 10% discount off your whole order. This is the Waycast is a Boardwalk Times production produced and edited by me and Giovanni Delgadillo and music by Kevin McLeod.